This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. What is going on, Elliot Sports fam? It's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Ainsworth, here with another edition of FN Sports, the podcast where teachers grade sports' biggest issues. Today, we're going to do a shorter version of the show. We're going to try and get more episodes out per week and maybe more bite-sized snippets as we go. Today, we're going to have a gold star, a couple detentions, and one thesis over NBA All-Star Weekend. So without further ado, let's dive on in. First gold star goes to Carl Anthony Towns, the big man from the Minnesota Timberwolves, for winning the three-point contest. Towns is one of just three, what I'd say, traditionally classified big men to win the award, to win the contest, I should say. I will say that I think it's interesting that you know he is classified as a big man. He's always said he's the best shooting big man in the league or best shooting whatever, da-da-da. Kevin Love was another traditional big man, power forward center. Kevin Love's only 6'8". Carl Anthony Towns is 6'11". The, uh, the third being, obviously, Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk won it in that 05-06 season, uh, obviously a magical season for him that ended in a weird finals that they lost four games in a row in, but a great season for him. Dirk won three-point contest that year. Dirk is still technically the tallest player to ever win the three-point contest. He's listed at seven feet tall. Towns listed at 6'11". But it kind of speaks to another big year for the Timberwolves, who are making big moves and up into the seventh seed this year between him and Ant Edwards. They've been a great year there in Minnesota. They also like kind of have to feel somewhat victorious after what they had with Andrew Wiggins and him getting voted in the All-Star, and we did that whole debacle a couple weeks back. But shout out to Carlton Towns for being a big man representative and winning the three-point contest over a bunch of guys that, frankly, do that far more often. First attention is going to get handed out to both Juan Howard and Greg Gard. If you did not see over the weekend, at the end of the Wisconsin-Michigan game, Wisconsin calls a timeout to continue to, for lack of a better phrase, play hard. I don't know how to describe that. Wisconsin calls a timeout with, I don't know, it, towards the end of the game. I guess I should go back and look exactly what time, but towards the end of the game with their subs in to reset up the half court, 10 second clock or whatever. Anyway, it's a timeout that was unnecessary. Just take the turnover in the game, whatever the game's winding down. And Juan Howard took exception to that in the end of game handshake lines. The two got into a heated dispute and a punch slash open hand push in the face. Anyway, Physical altercation ensued, including the teams having to be separated from one another. A couple guys up on the ground. It's not a great look. Here's what I will say. Obviously, Juwan Howard will probably get the worst suspension or you know consequence of whatever kind from this incident. And he probably should. He's the one that initiates the physicality of the altercation. 
but I certainly wouldn't think he's the only person getting anything from this. If you look at Greg Gard himself, there's all kinds of, uh, we'll say, not safe for work language going back and forth between the two. They also clearly stop, uh, he, Coach Gard, I should say, stops to also get involved in the incident instead of just, you know, keeping on walking because the incident starts with Juwan Howard saying, I'll remember that about the end of game timeout or whatever. Gard, if he really wanted to stand by what he thought was right and said he, you know, if he really wants to act like that was the right thing to do there, should have just kept walking. Well, why would that bother you if you thought you did the right thing? So the tension of both of these guys, obviously the consequences will bear it a little bit differently in the real world, but for the sake of this show, both guys end up in detention. Second detention, I'm going to hand to Remy Lindholm, although to be fair, that might just be adding insult to injury. For those that missed the news over the weekend in the Winter Olympics in Beijing, finish skier, Remy Lindholm takes home 28th place in what got shortened to a 30-kilometer race in cross-country skiing and immediately needs to put a heat pack beneath the belt. Now, I cannot imagine the kind of pain that takes to go through an entire race and be suffering from frostbite in said area. But what I will say is, as I read this story, my initial thoughts are, why are they only wearing glorified spandex while they're doing this? Yes, it's a race. I get that. But, like, this feels like it's just flat-out dangerous. Why are Lindholm or any of these athletes putting themselves at risk of something like that? As he himself, I guess this is translated from Finnish, but as he himself said, when it started to warm up, the pain was unbearable. Why are we doing this? Why is this sport requiring these guys to do that to themselves shouldn't there be some minimum level of layering that has to happen across the whole body as you're going out there in such awful conditions again because of how cold it was they shortened the race i think you can also require them to have certain warm uniforms all right so we have all those fun gold star decisions but after that we got one fun thesis all about nba all-star weekend and frankly, we're also recording, yeah, full full peek behind the curtain here, recording during the All-Star game. Got that on Sally in the background. And Giannis just missed a dunk off of a lob from LeBron. Do we call that? Int- is he trying to like hurt LeBron's stats there? What do you think? We think maybe? Anyway, without further ado, let's dive into our thesis. All right. So the thesis for this week is about the NBA All-Star weekend. Again, as we're recording, the game is going on in the background silently don't want to hurt the audio there but the thesis reads the nba all-star weekend needs to be fixed this seems to come up every year whether it's the dunk contest the three-point contest the celebrity game or the game all-star game itself people are always trying to fix the nba all-star game so the thesis reads the nba all-star game needs to be all-star weekend needs to be fixed and to that i give one big fat f All right, so the thesis reads, the NBA All-Star Weekend needs to be fixed, and I gave it an F. That thesis flunked. And I think there's a number of reasons that we always talk about this. I think one, quite frankly, if you're doing sports talk for 24-7 leading up the All-Star game, you're coming off of the Super Bowl, baseball hasn't quite started yet, this season baseball has far from started yet, and you're looking for something to talk about. So, quote, fixing the All-Star Weekend is an easy thing to talk about leading up to the game. But that doesn't mean it should be done. There's not anything wrong with All-Star Weekend. It's an All-Star Weekend. It always provides some sort of fodder for the conversations at the water cooler at work on Monday. 
even if that talk is complaining about the dunk contest and how there were too many misses here, or can you believe Dwayne Wade gave a nine there, or whatever the case may be, right? Those conversations always happen. That means it's working. That means people are watching. The thing with All-Star Weekend is people don't jump to the game always. They jump to things like the dunk contest. Because they say, well, back in my day, we got to watch Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan win the dunk contest and da-da-da. You know what happens in between Michael Jordan and Dominique Wilkins winning the dunk contest in 1988 and 1990, respectively? Kenny Walker wins the dunk contest. You heard of Kenny Walker? You guys know who that is? Am I am I am I am I boring you there? Because guess what? Kenny Walker is not some guy that you're gonna walk up. I remember the Kenny Walker dunk contest. That's not one of those historic ones you remember. And what happened between D. Brown winning the dunk contest in 1991 and Kobe Bryant winning the dunk contest in 1997? Cedric Sabalos won the dunk contest in 92. Harold Miner won the dunk contest in 93. Isaiah Ryder wins it in 94. And Harold Miner comes back and wins again in 95. And then Brent Barry wins it in 1996. There are natural lulls in the dunk contest in between every one of these great dunk contests. We had Kobe in 97, and then we didn't even do the dunk contest for two years between then and 2000 when Vince Carter wins. Like, oh, the Vince Carter dunk contest was so, so good. And what follows that up? Desmond Mason wins the dunk contest. Desmond Mason wins it in 2001. There are these natural, natural lulls in how this thing happens, and we only remember the highlights. We only remember Nate Robbins 2006. We don't remember Josh Smith 2005. Right. We only remember Blake Griffin in 2011 jumping over a car and how like that was like kind of cheesy and corny, or whatever. But we don't necessarily remember like the year before two consecutive ones before that we had Nate Robinson going back to back, getting three out of five years. That's impressive. That's not broken, right? We look at like uh, 2015-16, the Zach Levine years, the Aaron Gordon, and the back forth, the controversy there, and like how much fun that was. Oh, back in back five or six years ago, that was so much more fun. But like John Wall won it the year before that, right? Like like there are these natural lulls in this thing. And just because you don't like this year's version or when this year is in that lull does not mean that it's broken. It just means that it's just the way it's always been. It's in the same kind of lull. The same way that we had Ant Simons versus Obi Toppin last year to win the dunk contest and all that fun stuff and all those kinds of things, right? And then this year, Obi Toppin wins it. Neither one of these are broken dunk contests. They're just dunk contest, and they're still fun. It will come back around at some point. Hopefully, it's when my man Jalen Green next year coming back for it. But whatever the case may be, the dunk contest will come back around. The All-Star Weekend will come back around. I think it's worth pointing out that the dunk contest has only been around since 1984. And roughly half of them, as I'm scrolling through these things and watching clips and stuff to get ready for the show are duds traditionally speaking it's about a 50 50 proposition whether you get terrence ross in 2013 or zach levine in 2016 right like the back and forth there between like jail green blowing out the candle in vegas or i don't know fred jones in la like the back and forth between the two exists but it's really about 50 50 maybe 60 40 in favor of good and that has not really changed in the last handful of years the names have changed sure but we were just talking about in 2016 in toronto about was this thing fixed it has not like the five-year window six-year window we're talking about in between these two 
is not any different a sample size than you'd have had between 91 and 97 when people didn't say we didn't have these big national sports radio arguments about how the dunk contest is broken and there are no more good dunkers and it's all creativity's all gone and that like Kobe came out showed out and won the thing in 97 and it was all, it was fixed all over again just because a good dunker showed up a good young dunker showed up guess what's going to happen good young dunkers are going to continue to come through the NBA I saw a clip this weekend of some kid breaking a rim in high school basketball dunking the basketball when he gets the if that kid's an NBA athlete whatever so on and so forth in a couple of years like that will also be fun this thing will come back around just like it always does there's always going to be these lulls and that's just the dunk contest the other thing that people constantly go back to as far as being broken here is the three-point shootout. Now, I enjoy watching a big man like Carl Anthony Towns come in and win it. I think it's worth pointing out that, by and large, unlike the dunk contest and getting the best dunkers and rah and all that kind of stuff, I do think the dunk, that the three-point contest has the best shooters in it fairly often. I mean, Steph Curry has two, Clay has one, Joe Harris has one, Kyrie has one. It, it traditionally always has had the best three-point shooters. I mean, Larry Bird went the first three out the gate in 85, 86, I'm sorry, in 86, 87, and 88, right? Craig Hodges on those great Bulls teams, right? Uh, he won it in 90, 91, 92. Mark Price wins a couple in the mid-90s. You come more recently, I mentioned Curry, I mentioned Clay. I, I think that I it's, it's worth pointing out that like Devin Booker wins this too, Eric Gordon wins this too. Guys that are good shooters do win the three-point contest that means it's working that if you're winning the three-point contest and you're a really good shooter that means it, it's worth watching if you like watching guys shoot threes maybe this ain't the game for you but what i will say is that it feels like meh, like that's a fairly even contest when good shooters win I, I think that's fair i think that's fair people get into things like the celebrity game and celebrities showing up not showing up and what celebrities do play in it or the rising stars games and all kinds of other ways to compete in the all-star weekend and how this can be tweaked or that can be tweaked they find a way to add the g league ignite guys in this year's and those are fun like you can go in and tweak those but all-star weekend is not necessarily it's not about the celebrity game in the same way it's about the three-point contest the dunk contest the game itself is that a part of it every year yes is it a part we watch every year sure is it a part that makes or breaks the weekend? No, it's like the appetizer before you dive into the main course and entrees, right? Like you haven't had pasta yet, so don't judge the entire thing based on whether or not that aperitif, right? If your caprese salad doesn't quite have the best mozzarella cheese, right? Don't judge the entire meal based on that. I, I'm i not big on saying that a all-star weekend is broken because some celebrities don't want to show up and play ball on Friday night. They'd rather just sit there and be celebrities and have a bunch of LeBron's Lobos tequila he walked in the game with and those kind of things. And that's totally fine and fun, too. I think the meat and potatoes, being the three-point contest, dunk contest, and game itself, are the parts worth judging here because that's the parts that have existed for, at this point, about 35 years. And that's the part, frankly, that you have to tune into. And again, I think those are working. Now, that leaves us all to the All-Star game itself. And people have been critical of the All-Star Game and how the NBA All-Star Game has ruined the weekend and go to the back in my day, get off my lawn kind of points and and all that kind of stuff that I hate to listen to from old basketball fans. Side note, if you're an old basketball fan that complains all the time about how the game used to be this, the game used to be that, the game did that, and all the things you used to like about basketball, and you cannot admire the fact that guys are just better at basketball now. 
There are no more goons on teams that only jobs to rough people up in the paint. They're all talented. They're all skilled. They can all shoot. They can all dribble. They can all pass. They can all run. They have to play defense without touching one another. I mean, the game is just filled with better basketball players. Now, if you still think, oh, back in my day, I like watching basketball somewhere, maybe you should go watch some, like, I don't know, D3 Nescaq-type basketball or something like that where they're having a little bit slower-paced game, and maybe you can follow what's happening more and work your way back up to watching the speed of NBA basketball. All right, side notes over. Back to the All-Star game itself. I went back and looked at this because I've always had this inkling. The All-Star game starts in 1951. There have been 71 All-Star games because All-Star game actually got lucked into the COVID thing. It happened right before COVID hit in 2020, and they had a weird COVID no audience one in 2021. So the All-Star game has consistently, and it was only started in 51, so it didn't happen during World War II. All-Star Games happened 71 times. Of those 71 times, there have been 32 double-digit All-Star Game wins. Only nine of those have been since 2000. Nine of those happening since 2000, and we're recording before tonight's All-Star Game is over, but with the Elam ending, it's hard to believe that it'll be too crazy, more than 10 points. But anyway... There's actually a less percentage of the last 21 years of All-Star Games ending in blowouts than in the previous 50 years of NBA basketball that they had All-Star Games. And of those nine blowouts, or double-digit wins, since 2000, one of those games went into double overtime. They just ran out of gas, right? So they get to be 10 points or they do free throws and stuff like that. If anything, the All-Star Game in the last 20 years is statistically more competitive than it was the previous 50. The basketball players are playing a great glorified pickup game, and it's a lot of fun. And frankly, the game has always had elements of fun to start. Did guys in the 70s not like each other? Sure. Did Were there real rivalries in the 80s? Yeah. But don't tell me Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler are being buddy-buddy about this game tonight. That's not the way this thing works. They also don't like each other. They also have a rivalry going between themselves. You guys heard the city of Boo, uh, the city of Cleveland boo Draymond? Like that's a real thing too. That's a real thing that's happening. And again, the game was statistically closer in the last 20 years than it was before. I don't want to hear this crap about fixing the All-Star game because back in the day they used to play defense that the game has always been 10 to 20 points above average scoring marks that season regardless of what year you look at it in. It's an all-star game. It's a glorified pickup game. It's a pickup game amongst the best players in the world. It's fun. Yes, it showcases offense because that's what's fun. The whole point is to be fun, and it's competitive lately. They've added stuff about like, different charities getting 100 grand at the end of each quarter depending on which team wins and that's awesome i'm not sure it's actually making it more competitive i think it's just making it more fun and we're giving more money to charity because it hasn't really shifted the dynamic in how they compete the first quarter is still fun the se- the second and third quarter is still everyone trying to pad their stats and the fourth quarter as you get down towards the end, or in the modern case, the Elam ending towards the end, is where you finally start to see some guys really push each other for the win. Every time someone says, well, I remember Jordan going really hard and trying to win that 1980-whatever All-Star game, or I remember Charles Barkley, or I remember Patrick Ewing, or I remember Dr. J, I re- all those guys that are trying to say remember really competing to try and win the game, that happened at the end of those games as well. Just You don't remember the, like, 
easy layups and dunks in the first half. You remember the last five minutes of a game, just like in the All-Star game in the last 20 years, the last five years. Tonight, as we're recording, the last five minutes will be competitive. Now, the five-minute thing is a little bit different with Elam ending and those kind of things, but it will still be competitive down the stretch. That's when they actually get to sit out there and compete. And so to tell me that I'm going to sit here with, you know, back in my day, get off my long guy, and he's going to say, oh, no, no, it used to be so much more competitive. It really hasn't. That's just bad memory. Statistics don't bear that out. And if you want to say, like, the basketball was tougher or whatever, I still think you'll get off my long guy with basketball, and I, I mentioned that earlier. But the thesis reads that the NBA All-Star Weekend needs to be fixed, and I flunked it. And I just gave you a bunch of reasons as to why NBA All-Star Weekend is doing fine. But here's the other reason that thesis flunks. Simply put, the NBA All-Star Weekend is the best All-Star event across major sports in the United States. You have the Pro Bowl in the NFL. Guys can't really play full speed. They're not hitting each other. They turn into a touch game. The Mac Jones gritty dance the other day, people are forgetting or weren't acknowledging that it comes after he'd already gotten touched and was down. Yeah, he had a big run after that, but he got ruled down because he got touched on the shoulder by a single hand. Like, that's not football. They're not playing their game. The football NFL have always struggled to get their all-star game Pro Bowl event weekend up to snuff with these other leagues because the truth is if you're out there playing real football people are going to get hurt and no one wants to send their all-stars off to watch them get hurt I mean, we saw you know rest in peace to sean taylor but we saw him light a guy up in the all-star and in the pro bowl game one time and that got like really really bad mouthed by a lot of sports writers all over the country as that's not what the game's about that's playing the game man if that's not what it's about that's broken fix that one baseball Baseball is always on a Tuesday in the middle of July. It's always the second or third Tuesday of the month. And how how can we really enjoy, if we have to get, get up and go to work the next day, how can we sit there and enjoy an all-star event over a Monday and a Tuesday and act like nothing's happening there, right? When there's no weekend, there's no event, there's nothing to go do, it's not even a guarantee that people are going to watch it. Never mind the fact that people turn off their TVs to sports for a lot of the summer anyway and all that kind of stuff. If you just look specifically at the fact that it's happening on weekdays, that makes the baseball all-star game harder to get into. That's before you get into the debacle with the tie. Was that 15 years ago? Whatever that was now. That's before you get into the debacle with trying to find some way to add value to the game by giving home court advantage in the finals to the team that wins it or whatever, right? And on top of that, people go to the home run derby or whatnot. But we have like analytic data now to point to the home run derby messing up some of the best hitter in the game swings. If it's messing up the swings of the best guys in the game, it's also broken. It's also not good. It's also going to deter people from wanting to go sign up and do it. So, again, I look at baseball's all-star events, and I'm like, ah, that's not certainly no better. It, it, as much as the game actually plays it like a real game, and it's a little more high scoring because you got guys swinging at fences and good bats and so on, it also has the parts that, like, it's a Tuesday night. It also... It all it also has the home run derby mess up people's swings. It also has like how do you really compete? There's no equivalent to the three point contest. If you have the home run derby, that's fine, but like what's the skills challenge aspect of defense there? What that that whole part of the game, there's no pitching contest. Like those things don't happen to tie it all together. There's nothing to do with any of that. Third and final major pro sport here in the United States I'm gonna look at on this, 
that I think is significantly worse than the basketball all-star game at the NBA all-star weekend is hockey. Hockey happened a couple weeks ago, but the NHL all-star isn't even really a hockey game. They go with divisions instead of conferences for how many, so they have four all-star teams instead of two and they play three on three for two 10 minute halves. And it just, it's not quite, it's not quite hockey. It's certainly not NHL hockey. And if you're not going to play the same game, it, it feels like this weird, like, cheeky spinoff. It, it, it feels cheapened. It feels less and it feels shortened than basketball, which is the NBA has its best, the best players in the world playing a, again, what amounts to a glorified pickup game. Now, does that mean I wouldn't enjoy it if they, like, moved the all-star draft up to right before tip-off? Oh, no, no, no. I would thoroughly enjoy watching that whole James Harden fiasco where they're like saying who's going to draft who and LeBron kind of you know taking jabs at Kevin Durant and those kind of things over the course of the draft. If that happened on the floor with the guys in reversible jerseys, that could be a lot of fun. But that did not really change what the game is. That just changes what moment we do the draft, right? Would it be really, really fun to have, I don't know, some sort of a, the picture that's circulating right now about the guys playing craps or whatever they're playing? That is one craps. So it was cards. They're playing spades or they're playing poker where they're going on the locker with a bunch of hundred dollar bills on the table would it be fun to like incorporate some sort of an event like that where they're not playing basketball yeah sure but you're not fixing a weekend if you're adding stuff to it right you're just trying to say yeah what's something we can do with these guys for the weekend you know they're in cleveland this weekend they're in cleveland this year for the all-star game could you put it in warm weather cities i i guess i guess you could the super bowl is certainly always in warm weather cities except for that one time it's in minneapolis but minneapolis is inside and has tunnels underground so like yeah you know maybe it fixes a little bit I guess we could draw that line in the sand and say we're not going north of this for the All-Star weekend. You know, I also live in Dallas, and we've had two snow days last week, and we're looking at snow day coming up this week as well. So maybe maybe you can't pick based on that either. I, I just I, I don't think that those kinds of things are necessarily fixes or certainly don't look at the All-Star game and All-Star weekend as things that need to be fixed. Because, again, it's it's just as good as it's ever been. The basketball talent's as good as it's ever been. The weekend itself plays out as well as it ever has. And in the grand scheme of things, it's the best all-star event going. And I don't even think it's close. Flunk the thesis. The NBA All-Star Weekend does not need to be fixed. Student flunks. Okay, Parker. So the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement? Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we we seem to have an affinity for our beers between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis? So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But you're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make balms, they even have have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, but it'll <laughs> keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're listening to our show, you can use FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your balms, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy. Absolutely. Check out The Beard Struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already, The Beard Struggle's got all the products that you need. The Beard Struggle. Feast your face. Friends, 
That was another edition of F in Sports. Do you feel like you understand my take on the All-Star Game a little bit and how the weekend's actually a good weekend and people actually need to chill the hell out about how the weekend goes? <laughs> I want to take a second to shout out to Chris Sliwa, our intern for editing the podcast. You can find Chris on Twitter at Chris underscore Sliwa7. He is constantly talking about Boston sports, and so maybe somebody's go dial in and help him shrink his swollen head about how great the Celtics have been. We'll see how the second, air quote, second half of the season plays out, but I do love watching the Jays play basketball. Make sure you go give Chris Sliwa a follow. As for me, you can find myself on Twitter and Instagram at Painsworth512. It's at P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H-512 on Instagram and Twitter, where I post all kinds of different stuff, including a bunch of L's on sneakers. No, I did not get the Cardinal and White 3s, and I really, really wanted the Cardinal and White 3s. No, I didn't get the Black and Blue Jordan 1s. I really wanted the Black and Blue Jordan 1s. Besides a bunch of L's on sneakers, you also see me do a lot of tweeting about the Rockets lately, because a lot of people are questioning the Rockets lately, and I, I think there's more of a plan there than what's going on. Occasionally talking about Texas sports. I love to talk about the NBA in general and getting on NBA jokes. Make sure you find me to get all that kind of stuff on Twitter and Instagram at Painsworth512, P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H-512 on Instagram and Twitter. As for this show, you can find this show on Instagram at F underscore N underscore sports. We'll post all of our latest episodes and be sure to give you guys updates on the content as it comes out via Instagram. That's at F underscore N underscore sports. And on Twitter, we're at F N sports. Too. It's F I N S B R T S number two, all one word. On both of those social media handles, you'll be able to find our link tree, which includes links to all of our sponsors, that's my bookie, where you can use code FNSports, double your deposit up to $1,000. You can use our code FNSports15 on the Beard Struggle. You can go to the Beard Struggle through there and get a 15% off coupon for all of your Beard Struggle needs. That means all your balms and combs and those kinds of things for your beard. And be sure to go through there to find our link to the Yeti store where you can find all your cups, coolers, and other insulated needs via Yeti all through the link tree on our social media handles that also has our merch store. I'm sitting here recording in my 42FN Sports hoodie. The 42 campaign we're running is with the Thurgood Marshall College Fund, which helps give scholarships to kids to get to HBCUs and PBI. So make sure you help out a great cause, support the show, go to the merch store, and buy yourself some 42 gear. It's all cursive like a baseball shirt it's got 42 on it in red and blue make sure you go check that out on our merch store via the social media handles f underscore underscore sports and fn sports 2 on instagram and twitter that's it for the show today folks be sure to like subscribe download rate review do all the wonderful things to help with the podcast on a couple different platforms make sure you do it more than once and whatever you do when it comes to sports don't flunk with us later guys I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.